My name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. Hi, everybody. I'm Chuck Gallup. I've been introduced. Hey, there I am on the screen. That's great. This is my story. And I, here's a little cue for slides. I'll see if Karen's with me. So here's a summary of what I'm going to talk about today. Life gives you lemons. You make lemonade from it. There, you can skip 15 minutes. That, that's all you needed to know. 15 minutes is over. You're fine. No, I have, uh, my story is probably one that has been growing for 40 years. And I, I don't claim to be any more interesting than many of the people in this group. But I think that I took some learning lessons from it that I hope to share from you. That's perfect. Okay, Karen's catching up with me now. So, yes, I was a police officer for 25 years. And what brought that on is uh, really my philosophy of if you can't beat them, join them. So I was that kid at the age of 15 who had a mohawk, who uh, got beat up a lot and challenged authority and always thought that there's just something bigger and better. And that philosophy carried me through my entire police career. And we'll talk about maybe just a little bit of how that kind of determined where I went with things. Unfortunately for Karen, I put in about a thousand slides. So um, I'm going to be doing this a lot. <laughs> it's not me telling, telling you to speed up. That's me telling Karen to advance the slide. So my policing career is pretty, pretty standard. Uh, for about four years at the beginning of my police career, I was a community service officer as a civilian. And then for the next 21 years, uh, I was a licensed police officer. I worked for two different departments. All this is pretty boring. Um, but if you look at any cop resume, they're all basically the exact same thing. I got to do a lot of fun stuff. I got to do, be a field training officer where I trained new officers on how to be a police officer, how to do the job. I was on SWAT, how cool is that? We all see those guys on TV. I was the guy who crashed through the door with a machine gun. I was the guy who went in on explosive entries, who shot tear gas into rooms. That was super, super fun. Um, I was a detective for a while. I worked some major cases, um, a racketeering case that basically took up my whole time as a detective. And I also got to work my dream job because who didn't grow up watching chips? So I was a motorcycle cop for a while too. And that was, uh, just always my dream job. But I think the background of my philosophy of policing is this. I remember why I got there. I remember that 16 year old kid who challenged authority. And I remember that even as a cop, that people might challenge you and that's okay. 
Always treat people with respect. Most important, have fun at the job. Now, granted, some of the fun can be a little crazy because, you know, we had a lot of tools and people took us pretty seriously. But have fun at the job without jeopardizing the job or safety. Um, most important, keep outside interests and hobbies. Because if you don't, you are going to get grounded in where you are. And boy, did that pay off later. We'll get into that in a minute. And really keeping grounded with families and friends. So many law enforcement people stay just in their tight little circle. That is not a way to live. And it paid off later. So at a very young age, I got promoted. And I think that changed everything for me. Because I went from a young, hard-charging police officer who loved his job if you look at this picture here, I have hope in my eyes. That's hope. That's something that went away pretty quickly. I thought that maybe, just maybe, I had gotten a position of leadership that would change me as an individual, that would put me in a position to have my voice heard for the first time. Remember, I said I always thought a little differently. That doesn't work so well in the government model. They didn't really want to listen to me. They gave me the token roles. They'd say, oh, congratulations. Let's put you in charge of the uniform committee, but we'll have someone else in charge of SWAT. And let's put you in charge of the building committee. So I was getting the token leadership roles, but I had a whole bunch of unfulfilled potential. And we'll circle back on that. Um, and what it ultimately led to is major resentment for me as the frontline leader. You don't want your frontline leaders being resentful of who they are and where they are. So what was happening was a whole bunch of building frustration. And while being frustrated and stifled as a supervisor, I got involved in some pretty major incidents. We had a uh, execution style robbery of a Brinks armored car where the driver was shot in front of 100 witnesses. Um, I was the first officer on the scene and everyone else took credit for things that I did, which is pretty typical in, well, many jobs, certainly government. Um, I was involved in a uh, shooting where I was chasing after a suspect and he shot a gun at me and I still chased him down and tackled him. And because I was the watch commander, I had to step back from the scene so that uh, others could take over because I was directly involved in the incident. I got criticized for that by my supervisor. Um, I got involved in a uh, hostage situation, typical situation you see on TV where, TV where I negotiated someone releasing a hostage um, that they were holding at knife point. Um, I got a medal of commendation for it. But again, my supervisor said that they didn't like how I handled it. And I had basically a two-year-old child die in my arms. I don't know why I'm smiling when I'm saying this because it's a sad, sad deal. And that was the one that really got me. Um, with that happening, I think that I had the beginnings of what was PTSD, but I also had this major, major frustration in my career. I'd been passed over for promotions. And I was seeing people that I thought that were less competent than me, less smart than me, do jobs that I thought I should do or become, worse yet, my supervisor. Not a good position to be in. Maybe I was right, maybe I was wrong, but those are the things that will lead to frustration. Even in this dynamic environment, I was getting super, super bored. And you do not want your policeman to be bored. That is a bad thing. Uh, because of the thing with the kid, I found myself crying at work. It was a really sad time. And uh, it was very hard to go to work every day and smile. But in 2009, I got my dream job. I always mentioned I wanted to be a motorcycle cop. I had created our motorcycle unit, and in 2009, I got to take over that unit. As you can see, that's some cool pictures. Really fun being a motorcycle cop. I did that job for four months, and then this happened. 
because there's a lot of driving fast. And when you drive fast, things happen. Here you go. Here come the pictures. So four months, I had my dream job, and then this happened. So I had a new lease on life, and then guess what? This. So I was in the hospital for three weeks. I broke 13 bones. I had a head injury. I lost most of my hearing in one of my ears. And the department was great at first. They were just great. The news cameras were there. Everyone was so excited to show up. They had around-the-clock guards. They had people standing outside the hospital room. And then it wasn't really the news anymore, day two and three and day five. And then we got into that. This was last week. The department moved on, and I went back to work. I didn't have to, but I went back to work. More to prove something than anything. I want to show them that after five months with all those broken bones, with a brain injury, I went back to work. And there it was. I talked about it for years, but I received my golden parachute. I went back to work. And in the process of going back to work, um, I got in a chase with somebody, a foot chase, because I'm an idiot. And I ran after someone, and I broke my shoulder during that chase. Uh, and there was the opportunity to retire 12 years earlier than I'd expected. So I took that, the golden parachute. I left the only job I'd ever known my entire life from the age of 18 to the age of 44 when I retired, I left. And I took that time to reset. And with a reset, maybe some of you know this, I'm in a group of entrepreneurs here. You've all been through this to some extent. It's time to figure out what you wanna do next. I left law enforcement my ex-wife said, I'm going to leave you. And everything imploded. All my friends, my social circle, my wife, my home, all that stuff. It just went away. I could have rolled up in a ball, uh, but I didn't. I pivoted. I said, I need to do something different. So I started a whole new career. And there's a whole bunch of words that are going to pop up here. Uh, oh, no, they didn't pop up. Okay. I started a whole new career. I did a whole bunch of jobs. I was a probation officer, a college professor, an Uber driver. Yes, Karen mentioned I was a stand-up comedian. I was a radio host on a podcast that was full-time. I was an actor, and I obviously became a realtor. People say, wow, is there anything you haven't done? And I used to say at that time, yeah, succeed. But I did. Um, she's doing a great job. Keep going. You keep up that good work, Karen. That's impressive with those slides. So I also joined a group called the MAIPO, and it's a group of injured cops who help other cops get back to work and either return to duty or retire. And it's been a really rewarding volunteer opportunity. I'm still involved in that organization. People ask me what it's like to go from the career of being a cop to a comedian, to a realtor, and they say, wow, those are totally different jobs. I say, no, it's the same job. It's difficult people. It's contracts. It's negotiation. I just don't get shot at as much. So here's my editorial for those of you that are in a position to affect change. For your employees, create growth opportunities. Remember that no one, once they get promoted, says, I'm good. Let it be. No. Create growth opportunities within their organization, within their role. Make sure that they're able to grow. Water the seeds. Allow creative thinking. There is not one way to skin a cat, figuratively speaking.
don't skin cats, please. Um, and recognize your employees, have ceremonies, call them out, reward them. Remember that you're creating a legacy. Those seeds you're watering right there, let them grow. You are creating the person who could replace you. If you're that employee, and I'm speaking to myself here, the department didn't owe me anything. I just probably wasn't a good fit. Maybe it was me. I had fun while I could, but it was a good time to get out, and that's a good time to get out. And you know the time comes. And here's the editorial for you, whether you're a manager, whether you're an employee, if you're not happy about something, change it. No matter what it is, you can change it. Find a job that gives you satisfaction. If you can make a difference to someone, anyone within that organization, outside that organization, a, a contractor, uh, a fellow employee, even if that person is just you, find a job where you can make a difference. Make sure you grow. Make sure you pivot when things aren't working. Have a plan. If you don't have a plan and things implode like they did for me, come up with something just to change things. So now I didn't mention this part, but I do run a real estate team. So I went from Uber driver, basically, to running a team of 12 agents across three states. And uh, I found my thing. I found my thing. I went from losing my thing of 25 years defining my new thing, and that's what you need to do. I mentioned at the beginning that if life gives you lemonade, if life gives you lemon, I always screw this up, I don't know why. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Don't, that's junk. Lemonade is just a beverage, beverage is stupid. You can go to a grocery store, you can go to Cub, you can make lemonade, no big deal. The attitude that goes into this is yours. You determine the in ingredients you determine what goes into it. You make it from scratch. That's my speech. I hope.